Section twelve of the Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume ten. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by phone. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume ten, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night one thousand and one when it was the thousand and first night dunyazad said to her sister do thou finish for us the history of maruf she replied with love and goodly gree and my lord deign permit me recount it quoth the king i permit thee for that i am fain of hearing it so she said it hath reached me o auspicious king that maruf would have naught to do with his wife by way of conjugal duty now when she saw that he held aloof from her bed and occupied himself with other women she hated him and jealousy got the mastery of her and iblis prompted her to take the seal-ring from him and slay him and make herself queen in his stead so she went forth one night from her pavilion intending for that in which was her husband king maruf and it chanced by decree of the decreer and his written destiny that maruf lay that night with one of his concubines a damsel endowed with beauty and loveliness symmetry and a stature all grace and it was his wont of the excellence of his piety that when he was minded to have to lie with a woman he would doff the enchanted seal-ring from his finger in reverence to the holy names graven thereon and lay it on the pillow nor would he don it again till he had purified himself by the guzzo ablution moreover when he had lain with a woman he was used to order her go forth from him before daybreak of his fear for the seal-ring and when he went to the hammam he locked the door of the pavilion till his return when he put on the ring and after this all were free to enter according to custom his wife fatima the dung knew of all this and went not forth from her place till she had certified herself of the case so she sallied out when the night was dark proposing to go in to him whilst he was drowned in sleep and steal the ring unseen of him now it chanced at this time that the king's son had gone out without light to the chapel of ease for an occasion and sat down over the marble slab of the jakes in the dark leaving the door open presently he saw fatima come forth of her pavilion and make stealthily for that of his father and said in himself what aileth this witch to leave her lodging in the dead of the night and make for my father's pavilion needs must there be some reason for this so he went out after her and followed in her steps unseen of her now he had a short sword of watered steel which he held so dear that he went not to his father's divan except he were girt therewith and his father used to laugh at him and exclaim mahalla this is a mighty fine sword of thine o my son but thou hast not gone down with it to battle nor cut off a head therewith whereupon the boy would reply i will not fail to cut off with it some head which deserveth cutting and maruf would laugh at his words 
now when treading in her track he drew the sword from its sheath and he followed her till she came to his father's pavilion and entered whilst he stood and watched her from the door he saw her searching about and heard her say to herself where hath he laid the seal-ring whereby he knew that she was looking for the ring and he waited till she found it and said here it is then she picked it up and turned to go out but he hid behind the door as she came forth she looked at the ring and turned it about in her grasp but when she was about to rub it he raised his hand with the sword and smote her on the neck and she cried a single cry and fell down dead with this maaruf awoke and seeing his wife strown on the ground with her blood flowing and his son standing with the drawn sword in his hand said to him what is this o my son he replied o my father how often hast thou said to me thou hast a mighty fine sword but thou hast not gone down with it to battle nor cut off a head and i have answered thee saying i will not fail to cut off with it a head which deserveth cutting and now behold i have therewith cut off for thee a head well worth the cutting and he told him what had passed maaruf sought for the seal-ring but found it not so he searched the dead woman's body till he saw her hand closed upon it whereupon he took it from her grasp and said to the boy thou art indeed my very son without doubt or dispute allah ease thee in this world and the next even as thou hast eased me of this vile woman her attempt led only to her own destruction and allah gifted is he who said when forwards allah's aid a man's intent his wish in every case shall find consent but an that aid of allah be refused his first attempt shall do him damagement then king maaruf called aloud to some of his attendants who came in haste and he told them what his wife fatima the dung had done and bade them to take her and lay her in a place till the morning they did his bidding and next day he gave her in charge to a number of eunuchs who washed her and shrouded her and made her a tomb and buried her thus her coming from cairo was but to her grave and allah gifted is he who said we trod the steps appointed for us and he whose steps are appointed must tread them he whose death is decreed to take place in our land shall not die in any land but that and how excellent is the saying of the poet i wot not when as to a land i fare good luck pursuing what my lot shall be whether the fortune i perforce pursue or the misfortune which pursueth me after this king maaruf sent for the husbandman whose guest he had been when he was a fugitive and made him his wazir of the right and his chief counsellor then learning that he had a daughter of passing beauty and loveliness of qualities nature ennobled at birth and exalted of worth he took her to wife and in due time he married his son so they abode a while in all solace of life and its delight and their days were serene and their joys untroubled till there came to them the destroyer of the lights and the sunderer of societies the depopulator of populous places and the orphaner of sons and daughters 
and glory be to the living who dieth not and in whose hand are the keys of the seen and the unseen end of section 12 recording by phone